Today, I, I just want to say, don't look back. You can be trapped because we are supposed to, to live and be free. Jesus said, I am come that they might have life. One translation, one paraphrase says, life with a capital L. Life. All of us uh, know people who have walked with Christ and then gone back to their old lifestyle. And as a, as a believer, I, I, I used to be this narrow-minded. I'm still narrow-minded, but I, it was worse. And uh, I would think I'm, the pastor is the only one that hurts. No, we all hurt when that happens to someone. You shared that pain when that happened and you've seen it. And, and you know their personal story. Maybe they struggled with addiction and they got free and, and then they returned. Uh, more than once I've seen people who, who had an affair and then they were, went through all of the hassle and, and they were reconciled and, and tried to get help and with their spouse, their kids, and with their friends and did it again later. That's just so scary. Uh, drugs have this incredible pull. Alcohol is by far the most abused drug in our culture, costs culture. You, you, you talk about way to cut uh, programs and save some money. If all of the drunks were delivered overnight, we would be hundreds of millions of dollars every month ahead of where we are now in an instant. Addiction to various things. Pornography is a huge one in our culture. Now, I want you to know that there is a heart, not only in me, but especially important is, is that it is in God, that if you are feeling that pull today to go back to where Part of the time it felt really great and the rest of the time it was torture. Or if your life seems like a, a, an endless series of ups and downs, uh, I want you to hear very carefully. Listen closely today and the next few weeks because I want us to keep moving forward. Our country may be in really bad shape. We, I, we don't know exactly what, how this is all going to shake out as far as our economic systems. But I, here is the deal. Whether, you're, whether you've got lots of money or no money, uh, we have a job to do. God saved us to do good works. We must get our works done. What if the Lord did come before next weekend? And we kind of giggled when I said that a while ago. What if he did come? Are you ready to stand before? Are you, have you got your stuff all done? Are you caught up? If not, we must keep pressing on. Just keep plodding with the Lord. Stay with the Lord. And more than anything else, I want to say it like this. I don't want to see you go back to your old life. I do not want anything that's ever controlled you and you've gotten free from it to have any power over you at all, ever. In the book of Galatians, Paul spoke to that tendency to go back, to return to the old life. He said, uh, Galatians 4, 8, 
Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable forces? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? And in the next chapter, he says, it is for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. I remember feeling two different things when I would hear about people that had a, a conversion experience in uh, like prison. The first thing was uh, if, they, if they stayed true to the Lord over the years, I'll get to that in one minute, but the first thing was when they would come out sometimes they would burn very brightly, very briefly, and then nothing changed from the past, and they went right back to where they were. The other thing was, I, I would see those people, and if they stayed with the Lord, they had more intensity, and they were happier, and they were, they were better at, at witnessing, they were better at laying their life down for the Lord than I was, and I had grown up in the church, etc., etc., etc. Now the Lord touched me, and I got as crazy as they later on, but before that happened to me, I remember that feeling. Here's, here is what I want to say. We need to be really careful that when somebody is hot in the Lord, hotter than we are, read hot, you know, if, if, they're, <laughs> if they're more intense than we are, then they're probably fanatics, right? If they're less intense than we are, they're really lukewarm and need to get right with God. Have you noticed that? It's wonderful to be this world standard. If you haven't tried it, you will. You will do that. That's a human tendency. But what, what I wanted to say about this is that we can look at people and say, well, they'll get over that intensity. They'll get over that heat in their relationship with God, their walk with God, and they'll become, we don't finish the sentence, but they'll become like I am. Please read complacent. And if you're not complacent, please don't be offended. I'm preaching to everybody else. I didn't have you in mind anyway. Now, God wants better for us than the yo-yo world of the up and down, the in and out, the hot, the cold. God has a better place for us. First Timothy 4 says, the Spirit clearly says that in later times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. That is not the will of God for us. Hebrews 3 says, see to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ if we hold firmly till the end the confidence that we had at first. And there is that one standard scripture that says, he that endures to the end will be saved. Scary scripture. We don't like to think about the other possibility. Honey, you're not going to fall away. If you do, I hope we bug you until you get so mad at us, you get an, a, a court injunction to keep us from stalking you. Because we don't want you to go to hell. 
I mean, you want to go to hell? I don't think so. So, you know, we're, we're talking about important stuff here. This is not small stuff. God will never give up on you. I love that. I, people have said, do you think you can backslide? And I've said, uh, I don't think you ever lose your free will, but I don't think you're tough enough. I think the Holy Spirit is stronger than you. And we're going to ask him to make you an offer that you can't refuse. Because God intends for you to be saved. He so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish. He's got a lot invested in you. And this grace of God is available to all. So what I want us to look at today is we have looked at what God has planned for us, all these wonderful things. Don't go back to being trapped. Live free. Don't look back. Number one, temptation and sin will always try to pull us back. In Genesis chapters 18 and 19 is one of the strange stories to which we refer only rarely because it's weird to our little minds. It's not, it's not even included in, in a lot of children's Bibles. <laughs> uh, we're just uncomfortable with judgment. But what happened was Lot had moved into Sodom and Gomorrah with his family and God comes in human form. We, we, we believe that's a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus Christ. And a couple of angels that look like humans. They come to uh, Abraham and uh, they say, or God really says, I think it's the Lord Jesus says, I, I, I've got to tell Abraham this. I can't just act like he's not somebody because he is somebody. So he says, we're going to go down and see about uh, Sodom and Gomorrah and see if it's really as bad as it smells like, shall we say. And um, I love Abraham. The great ones in the Old Testament would do this. The great ones in the New Testament would do this. They would get between God and the judgment over here. Did you hear what I said? Oh, I love that. I need that, folks. You need that. And he says, Abraham says to the Lord, what if there are 50 righteous people? Will, will you, you, you wouldn't destroy the whole city for, I mean, 50? And the Lord said, no, if I can find 50, that's good. I'll spare the city. And Abraham says, Lot's not much of a witness. <laughs> Maybe there's only 45. Would you spare the city if you could find 45? And, and the Lord says, yes. And it goes, you remember the story, perhaps, perhaps you read the book. 40, okay. 30, okay. 20, okay. 10. And Abraham says in his heart, he says, hey, it's a no-brainer. There's got to be, Lot has had enough influence, there's got to be 10 and he stopped. I, I, 
I have surmised back through the years that if, the, if he had said, would you for five, the Lord is merciful. And he loves it when people intercede. You remember when Moses stood between God and the judgment of the children of Israel. God said, get out of my way. I'll take them out and I'll, make, I'll start over with you. And, and he says, no, if you're going to take them, take me too. Moses said that. Paul said the same thing about the Jewish people. Uh, be careful how you treat the Jewish people. Um, there's been some really strong leaders praying for their, for their uh, preservation and the mercy of God on them through the years. Now, this is not because they are holy. Please don't misunderstand. They're as, almost as mean as the rest of us. But they're, they're loved by God because he chose them. And so Abraham stops at 10 and God goes on his way and the Lord Jesus apparently does not go into town but he sends the angels on in and Lot meets them and this uh, Middle Eastern hospitality takes them into his home later that night the men of the city demand uh, come and start beating on the door demanding to have sex with them now the angels had to strike the, the, the Citizens there with blindness so they couldn't find the door. They pulled Lot back in because these guys were pressing in and their intent was to just do what they did for recreation and that was to have sex with these guys. The angel said, we're going to destroy this city. It's as bad as we heard. Do you have anybody in, in the city besides these people in your house? He had his wife and two, two kids, his daughters. And uh, so Lot goes to them and says, the city's going to be destroyed. And the guys that were engaged to his daughters, they were called son-in-laws, thought he was joking. Ah, he's just Hebrew joker. And uh, the next morning at... at Daybreak, the angel urges Lot, his wife and two daughters, to get out. And they were just kind of, you know, some of you are from part of the country where you understand the term molasses in January. They were moving very, very slowly. And the angels each grabbed two people and started semi-dragging them out of the house, through the city, out of town. Listen, that's a picture of the importance of getting away from sin. Get that picture. Divine emissaries, apostles from God, if you will, apostle means sent one, dragging these people out of the city. Get away from it. It's not safe. It can kill you. Number two came the instruction flee and don't look back run hard and keep your eye on the goal not that place from which you came don't stop in the plane there's nothing back there for you get as far away from it as you can was the whole message First Corinthians 6 says run from sexual sin no other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does for sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. 
1 Corinthians 10 says, So, my dear friends, flee from the worship of idols. Idols so often, uh, not only did it take the heart away from God, but it, in, in that culture, in the city of Corinth, uh, it usually involved uh, being involved in a, a temple prostitute. So run away, stop it, get away from it. First Timothy 6, but you, Timothy, are a man of God, so run from all these evil things, pursue righteousness and a godly life along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. And there now we're beginning to get more clearly the key when you're running away is turn loose back here and run toward something. So rather than uh, hanging on to these evil things, pursue righteousness, godly life, faith, love, perseverance, gentleness. Second Timothy, Paul repeats, run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Run from it. It's not cool to be cool. We're going to stand before God, not before our friends or even ourselves. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. It is so great to be with people who love the Lord, and you know there's not going to be one edgy thing in an evening of fellowship. It's not going to be off color. It's going to be safe. Seek out those kind of people and hang with them. Pursue righteous living faithfulness. Enjoy the companionship. Now, the axiom is when God delivers you from evil, get as far away as possible. There's nothing there for you. Colossians 3, 7 now you know better, and it's all gone for good. All gone. And that context is, verse 5, So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was part of this world, but now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, ma malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. I am told that it is so important in, in the areas of the world where uh, there are witch doctors that when one of those witch doctors comes to the local church and gives his life to the Lord, they all just stay right there, right then, as he goes back and gathers up all his paraphernalia, all of it, and brings it and they burn it on the spot before they dismiss the service. Because 24 hours of exposure to this has such a pull. This has been his lifestyle. This is the way he made money. And it'll take you to hell. And it'll take others with you to hell. 
and they just wait and burn it up. What, do you get that picture? Can you see that? That's how important it is. The pull is too strong. And we need to do that. Now, what we sometimes do, and let me, let me just see if I can find you here, okay? You thought I was, had missed you and that all of this stuff I was saying didn't, cut, didn't count because you're too wonderful. Give me time. Give me time. I'm looking for you. The things in, in our lives that uh, represent our old life, you know, just in case for some reason we want to hang on to it. Now, it sounds foolish when we do that. And, and if, we, if we look at somebody else and say, that's stupid. Why are they doing that? But when you got free from pornography, did you put the magazines in the attic or in the basement or did they go away permanently? Did you install a filter on the internet or completely cut it off or just say, I'm cool, I can do this? Did you delete the old phone numbers or are they still in your contacts? The old letters, are they gone? Irretrievable. I've seen people that say, I can hang out with my old friends. You're just, you're just legalistic. You just don't want us to have any fun. And besides, the scripture doesn't say there's anything wrong with us. I can, the new me is strong enough to handle it. And you can tell whether it's working or not. Because before very long, if the new you is walking in the spirit, the old friends, maybe a couple of them will get saved and the rest of them will ostracize you. And if that hasn't happened, you're not free. We say, I'll put this pornography in the attic where it's not convenient for that'll take care of it. I can still go to the bars. I can still do the clubs. I just won't do what I used to do. God delivered me from alcohol, but a drink now and then won't hurt me. I really probably uh, don't have any need to install a filter or cut off my internet. I can handle it. I don't need to change my cell phone number. It's too big a hassle. I won't be tempted if they call or text. I'm talking about us, folks. I want us to be free. I don't want there to be one of us that has to say, oh God, I'm so sorry, it's me again. No, it doesn't bother him. But I've tried that and that's not any fun, okay? Take my word for it. Don't hold on to stuff and then wonder why it still pulls us. I need pastor and pastor to come up here just a minute. I want to show you something. Now, these guys are, are uh, youngish and strongish-ish. Which is which? <laughs> you can tell by the hairdo. I don't know. <laughs> and so, so I'm going to take hold of this man, and I'm going to take hold of this man, and they're going to pull. Okay? Now, if I let go of one, the one I... Hold on to is going to do what? 
Thank you, gentlemen. If you didn't get that, you are denser than I thought. What I hold on to has a hold on me. So get rid of the old pictures, the old numbers. Uh, cut the ties. Now, as Lot was being semi-dragged out of the city, his wife and daughters with him, the Lord rained down sulfur on the city. First of all, before I get to tie it into where you know this is going, how could God do that? Can a loving God rain down sulfur and fire on a whole city? Actually, yes. We've emphasized God's kindness, but we've forgotten that he is complete. And I, I think it would be safe to say that only a silly, sick God would not judge evil. One of the things that we have in our hearts as a hope is that one day the crummy injustices of this life will be met with justice. I hear myself saying more than once a month, I'll be glad for, for judgment so that can be taken care of in something that I don't like that I think is unjust. And our world is full of it. And as good as our systems are and as free as we are, our world is still full of injustice. And it's like someday God is going to confront that thing head on with a great big fist right on the nose of that injustice. And God's fist is tougher than that nose. And I look forward to that. It's not that I hate that person. It's that I don't like stuff to not be right. Don't you hate injustice? When somebody lies about you, if you've never had that pleasure, it is just wonderful. You will just love it. You'll say, oh, thank you, Jesus. I've been needing this. You'll be so mad you won't. You'll get murderous in your heart. And if you're spiritual, then you'll have to get in your prayer closet and start to deal with that stuff and pray through it. That's the way we are, and life does that to us. I think I've been treated far better than most. People are so good to me, but bad stuff has occasionally happened to me, and it's like, what? I'm so pure in my motives and so wonderful. How could they do that? Didn't seem to strain them a bit. And we long for some justice. Now, you got to get in your prayer closet and get that stuff prayed through and do the forgiveness, all that stuff. If, you're, if you associate with them on a regular basis, you have to be reconciled. I understand all that stuff. You understand all that stuff. But we've got to know that there is coming a judgment and it will get just. Now, let's go back to the story. Flee for your lives, the angels say. Don't look back. Don't stop anywhere. And so they take off away from town and Lot's wife stops and looks back. Like that turned into a pillar of salt statue. Uh, why'd you do that? I, I probably didn't believe the angels. It didn't apply to her. Maybe the pull of the old life was too much. 
It wasn't all punishment back in Sodom. There were some good times. She had some good friends. They had these tea parties and stuff, and they had fun. It just, it's not going to hurt. It, what God says is, yeah, I mean, it's just, that's, that's extreme. It's not going to be that bad. Maybe she thought she could get away with it. Judgment would not affect her. Or maybe she thought, I'm not going back. I'll just take a look. And that, dear one, was a part of her and it's a part of us. We remember the fun, the good times, the good feelings. Everything's falling apart, that it, it, but we still remember the good stuff. Ooh, man. And the damage will not touch us. We can get away with it. Pull of desire causes us to do the opposite of what makes sense. That's what's so weird. My wife has, through the years, I've had to deal occasionally with, with uh, a colleague who had some kind of moral failure, and she'll say, how can they do that? And I don't have answers to that. But the pull is so great that they flush everything that is important to them. Just flush it. And that's so, so sad. This pull of desire causes us to do stuff. Makes no sense. Who in their right mind with an angel running along, semi-dragging you, would look back? Lot and his daughters kept going. And I've, I've wondered sometime if immediate judgment like that happened here, if it wouldn't be better for us. I remember during the Pensacola revival, Steve Hill, who was uh, a dear friend of ours, and we would, we would chat in between meetings and so forth. And I heard him on numbers of occasions say, Bill, we need an Ananias and Sapphira. They, he felt the need of some judgment to get everybody's attention. They were, the anointing was so powerful. The healing was so great. The deliverance, I got it. So many of you were touched by God, and we've never been the same since we went to that revival. But there was this, there was not the fear of God. And we're not as smart as we ought to be if we do not have the fear of God. So if you and a buddy had done drugs together, you know, and you just tried to cover each other's back and stay out of jail and do your drugs, and you got saved. And uh, so you went along a while, and, and this guy says to you, man, I miss that high. I, I, I would really like to, to get some of that stuff and, and, and get high again. And if he immediately turned into a statue... You'd say, okay, I'm good with this. Thank you, Lord, I wasn't saying that. Well, the Lord will bring justice, but so very rarely it happens like it did with Lot's wife and Ananias and Sapphira. However, there will be judgment. Jesus said, 
there will be judgment. He said, and I saw, Revelation 20, a great white throne and the one sitting on it. The earth and sky fled from his presence and they found no place to hide. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God. And the books were open, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. And the sea gave up its dead and death and the grave gave up their dead and all were judged according to their deeds. Then death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. This lake of fire is the second death. And anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. How could a loving God let people go to hell? It's not his plan. That is not the plan. Our choices send us there. And I, we use the word choices sometimes now as a euphemism for sin. The, the choice to sin is what that means. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, 2 Peter 3, 9, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. That's the reason you don't become a statue, nor I. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. So God's desire is for us to move toward him and uh, find his love, which is available, but he will not force you to follow him he loves you enough to allow you to choose. And I do believe that the Holy Spirit is tough to get away from. Don't play that game, okay? In 2 Peter 3, the next verse says, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Sounds like Sodom and Gomorrah, doesn't it? Since everything will be destroyed in this way. What kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. The word is, don't look back. Don't look back. Don't take any risks. Eternity is too important. Look forward to heaven. Look forward to where you're headed. Just let the old life go. And the way to do this is keep your eyes on Jesus. Amen. Last night, I went to bed plenty early enough to get what I'd like to get in sleep before Sunday. I only work one day a week and I need to get my rest before going in there. So I was, so I was lying there and right away I just about passed out and then I just kind of woke up and I was just kind of like, and I hate it when I can just open my eyes, you know. If, I'm, if I need to look at something, I love it when it's like, ah, not last night. So I do these things, um, I go through what I tell you to do. I go through all those times when God blessed me and he spoke to me and, you know, changed my life and all that. I went through all those episodes two or three times. Usually I can't even make it through the first time. Then if that doesn't work, what I do is I go through the alphabet and I say, Jesus is A. He is able. He is almighty. Um, he is the alpha. You know, and then I, then I do. He is... Uh, Beautiful Rose of Sharon. He is a uh, bright morning star. Um, he is the beginning. And, and I go through. And I, 
I mean, one out of 15 times, I'll get all the way through. I went all the way through and thought about starting over. I have gone all the way through and then decided to just go backwards, you know, to start with Z. And that much mental exercise should put me to sleep. Well, I still didn't go to sleep. And so it's like, okay, what am I going to do? And you know what the answer is? Look at the Lord. And, and that, of course, that going through that A to Z thing is, is looking at the Lord. But there are other ways to look at the Lord. And I went back and replayed my, uh, those times when the Lord spoke to me or, or touched me and healed me, whatever he did. Uh, did all that stuff. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Just be stubborn. I, I, my need for approval and to be cool is so huge. And I just, my need to be liked is almost as bad as yours. And that's terrible. And I want your approval, you know, and people pleasing, all of this stuff. You know what? The Lord doesn't give a rip about that. Now, he cares about you and your needs. I don't mean he doesn't give a rip about that. But he doesn't want to cater to your little weaknesses. He wants those to be healed. And the way you get healing is to look at that weakness, say, yep, there it is, Lord, and then just turn to him. We talk about being strong. Oh, God, make me strong. When I find those things in, in Facebook posts, Lord, make me strong. I say, Lord, don't make me strong. That's when I just fall flat and break stuff on the front of my face. Make me full of faith and weak in you because when I'm weak, and you perfectionists are going to hate this, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Turn to the Lord. You say, that's so old. Do it anyway. Why do you think it's lasted so long? It's the only thing that works. Turn to the Lord. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Hebrews 12 Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great crowd of witnesses and the life of uh, witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. We're going to pray. Some of you, I have read your mail. And uh, just be grateful that I'm not calling your name. No, I'm, that's, that's supposed to be a, a joke. Um, I, I've read our, all of our mail. I just read our mail. I read mine and you, you thought it was yours. But here's the deal. The Lord is pulling us and if we're going to get our work done and if we're going to get all of those rot spots in our soul healed that others and we ourselves have inflicted upon us then we are going to have to just go ahead and get with it and we're going to have to change our lifestyle let's don't do this year what we did last year and expect a different result you know what that's called you know what it not just what it's called it's what it is I got by for years looking at that, and I thought, yep, they call that insanity. And then I thought, you're an idiot. That is insanity, and you're doing it. 
Now, I didn't call you that, okay? Call me that. But let's, let's, some of you have just read your mail. Some, you're feeling the pull and, and, by the way, some of you need to promise yourself right now that you're going to get rid of the ties to the old past. And, and you just need to do that the first thing. If you can do that before lunch, do that before lunch. Um, it would be a good thing to take a, a several hundred dollar phone and throw it in our creek down here, our little pond. That would be far better than to fall back in to the ties that this represents. So do it. Now, if you need the money, trade it in for a new one, okay? But don't let it pull you. And we're going we're gonna to offer prayer also for, because there are people that are dear to my heart. And some of them are not here this morning that I feel concerned, deep concern, that they're being pulled. Because they've got hold of, of this. And they turn loose of this and they just hold on to this. And, and, and they, they do this pull. And uh, if you looked at the difference in the size of us, when Dennis was up here, I, I just need to turn that loose. <laughs> I could lose that. I could lose that. You see? And I want us to take this so seriously. Whether you're new in the Lord, old in the Lord, all of this probably has an application. I'm older in the Lord than many, many of you. And I've been practicing it all night. Not all night. I did sleep quite a bit, actually. But I had a couple, three hours of just to work on this. Do you think God loves you? Do you think that he's got his arms open and he, he just wants to wrap you up? May we stand? One of the things that I haven't said to you that's so important this morning, if you're not walking with the Lord at all, it's time to turn loose of that and just grab hold of the Lord. And it will cost you the running of your life. You're going to have to say, God, I give it to you. I give my life to you. I want to be yours. And that's a big deal. But if you're there, there are going to be some other people that will step out and come down to pray here in a minute. I would like for you to just do that too. And when you get here, say, Lord, if, if indeed this is true, I don't know how to pray much. But would you just forgive my sins and would you take my life and, and make me what you want me to be? And I invite you to come with this bunch, whoever comes in a minute here, to seek the Lord. There's one more thing that I, I, I want to emphasize. I've, I said it a moment ago, but I want to reemphasize. You may not be holding on to anything that you can identify at this point. You know, there's no need, for the, no need for the strain. Why pull against that stuff? Turn it loose and have some rest. But your heart is really heavy about someone else. And it... So many times it's our kids or our grandkids or our siblings or our parents. So I invite you to come to and pray and let's, let's just say, God, I want you 
to flood me with faith so I can believe. If, if Lot's wife had believed that she was going to be okay and that these angels were going to take her to safety and her life was not ending, she would not have turned around. She didn't believe. We are saved by faith. The grace of God through faith. And I think that's what we need to pray for these dear ones that are on our hearts. So as they begin to lead us in worship, if you would like to pray, I would like for you to just come down and just stand right up close to the steps. And let's just meet God. And whatever it is, whatever one of these stages, or if I didn't name your need, please come and let's meet God. And let's move on from where we are today to another level. God bless you as you come and pray.